0: It's taken me 28 years to get to a point where I love my body more often than I hate it. Um, What's heartbreaking is how many women I see struggling with self-love. Training has given me the opportunity to try and reverse the dialogue that women have in their heads about their body and replace it with positivity and affirmation that they're beautiful.
1: The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. Well, it's that time again. Welcome back to the Surround My Idiots Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne. That's me. And also Lexi Rodriguez is back. Hey, Lex, how you doing?
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going great. And this week, we're going to talk about a very important subject. We're going to talk about women's body image and millennial women's body image. The show stemmed from a post that I saw from a mutual friend of ours that owns a uh, training company, Conditioning Training. And she deals a lot with millennial women and a lot with this. And she posted something that was very personal and it had a lot to do with this. And so I thought this would be a great show because um, it's something that you guys, millennial women, I, I think it's important for you to understand that there's a lot of people going through the same thing. And uh, there's some good information out there to get you dialed in and not have you um, get get down on yourself. Sierra is here. I want to say hi to Sierra Rich. Hey, Sierra.
0: Hi. I so she's. You. So
1: we're gonna get. We're gonna get to her. I want to go through the talking points of the show. Basically, I want to define what body image is, and, uh, and then I'm gonna talk about negative or po- positive and negative body image, and then we're gonna go to Sierra and then her story.
2: Um, I so, do want to say really quick. <laughs> not cool. Um, <laughs> that. It's cool when we're, when we're speaking about millennials and we were talking about the technological revolution on last week's show. And right now you just brought up the point is a lot of people are in the same, um, rut or the same situation when it comes to body image. And the fucking great part about social media is that that's all, that's a tool to feel, um, kind of feel belong to a group of people that may have the same issues. As you do. So that's really cool.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, I think we will ultimately stress that that's how you can positively use all the posts out there and all the other people out there that uh, that are going through this or at least have kind of nibbling around the edges uh, of this being an issue. And it's a great because, you know, it's the internet's like, like, again, it's like owning a gun. It could be for good or it can be for bad. For sure. And it, it can make you feel like shit or it can make you feel better. So we're going to try to guide everybody to the whole making you feel better side of the coin. What we're going to talk about is body images is how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or when you picture yourself in your mind. It encompasses what you believe about your own appearance, including your memories and your assumptions and generalizations, how you feel about your body, including your height and your shape and your weight and how you sense and control your body as you move, how you feel in your body, not just about your body that's from the National Eating Disorders Association. I thought that was a great definition. Now, when we talk body positive body image, this is what they say. It's a clear, true perception of your shape. You see the various parts of your body as they really are. You celebrate and appreciate your natural body shape, and you understand that a person's physical appearance says very little about their character and value as a person. You feel proud and accepting of your unique body and refuse to spend an unreasonable amount of time Worrying about food, weight, and calories—you feel comfortable and confident in your body. I think that's a good definition for that.
2: Intuitive eating, also—that's Intu- that what I would call that.
1: Intuitive eating,
2: intuitive eating, or intuitive being when it comes to just knowing how you feel and what makes you feel good and what diet or what um, type of food doesn't make you feel good. It's all about feeling. You know, it's not it has nothing to do with physical appearance.
1: Good point. So the, uh, when we talk about negative body image, we talk about a distorted perception of your shape. You perceive parts of your body unlike they really are, and this is where body dysmorphia comes in. We'll touch on that because there's a couple of us here that have that. Uh, you are convinced that only other people are attractive and that your body size or shape is a sign of personal failure. You feel ashamed or self-conscious and anxious about your body. You feel uncomfortable and awkward in your body. So those are the definitions that we're going to work with, and uh, I want to throw it over to Sierra, and uh, just to give you a little bit of a background, she is the owner uh, and personal trainer of a small group fitness, explain what that is. She's a personal trainer, and she does groups and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right, there you go. And uh, and she's uh, certified through ISSA, and if you don't know what that is, it's the International Sports Science Association. It's one of the two big certification for certified personal uh, trainers. For certified yeah. personal trainers with NASM. That's because I'm NASM over there. Oh. I got to talk to you about ISSA and see about the, you know, if you'd like good them. Stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah. Good. So I want Sierra to read her post to us uh, about body image and, we'll, uh, and then we'll take it from there.
0: Um, so I posted this on Instagram last week and it said, it's taken me 28 years to get to a point where I love my body more often than I hate it. Um, what's heartbreaking is how many women I see struggling with self-love Training has given me the opportunity to try and reverse the dialogue that women have in their heads about their body and replace it with positivity and affirmation that they're beautiful. Loving your body isn't about loving the shape or size of it. It's about appreciating the strength and power it has to keep you going through this thing called life.
1: That's a great post. Thank you. Um, what What made you do that?
0: Um, honestly, I just think uh, I'd kind of gotten to a point Recently, I had done a a challenge with my group, and I think I kind of participated in it because I wasn't happy with where I was at physically. Um, And as a trainer, you know, it's kind of my job to portray this lifestyle. So I'd been participating in that, and over the past couple of weeks doing that and working out um, and taking care of myself, I kind of got to a point where I just finally felt good and I felt happy. And it's been a really long time since I've kind of felt like I could just look in the mirror and be satisfied and not pick out things or flaws that I didn't like about myself. Um, and so I just felt like it was important to share with people that, Hey, look, I'm not perfect. I, you know, there's still tons of things that I can improve on, uh, with my body physically. Um, but I'm happy with where I'm at. And so I just kind of wanted to express to people like perfection is a silly thing to be chasing. You should just learn to be comfortable with whatever shape or size you're currently at. Um, I don't have kids, but I know in the future I want them. My body's gonna change again. so I have to just learn to love my body at every single stage in my life mm-hmm. um to really be happy. And if I'm just always chasing this idealistic image um you know or or whatever it is, um, I'll never be happy. So it was just kind of that
1: and the realization and the and the grounding that you had at that point in time, um, do you still fight that every day?
0: Absolutely. yeah. yeah.
1: That was such a rhetorical (laughs) question, but I had to totally tee up on that just to do that. Did you get good response from that?
0: Um, Yeah, a lot of people, you know, I mean, my dad, my number one fan, you know, sharing it with the world, Mm but um, it's just one of those posts that I think everyone can kind of relate to. Um, And again, that's when I'm posting stuff on Instagram, that's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to show you my highlight reel and show you only the great moments, you know, or all these accomplishments, Um, but I'm trying to connect with people and have them see that, hey, look, we have failures, we have imperfections, I have good days, I have bad days, you know, it happened to be a really good day that day, and I just felt great and I wanted to share that and um, people's response was awesome from that.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point that, uh, that you were able to do that and able to be honest because so many people, especially when they get up to being a leader, and that is what you are, you're, you're a certified personal trainer, you lead groups, people look up to you in regards to uh, keeping yourself in shape and making good choices about that stuff. But I think that showing your vulnerability in situations like that gives a lot of people who are struggling through this process and haven't reached the point the, the level of commitment point where you're at now, they there's a level of hopelessness a lot of times that I've found in the people that I've dealt oh, yeah, with absolutely. as well. And I think that by being vulnerable and throwing that out there, I think that helps people even if you didn't hear from them directly. I think that is Immeasurable how much that helps people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that people don't realize how vulnerable of a crowd is out there on on social media and stuff. Um, and when you have these people that are just posting, like I said, highlight reels. It's it's what I stress to my clients. It's they're not showing you the countless hours of time they spend in the gym to achieve these things or achieve that body, um, you know. And I'm over here just trying to relate to you and just get you to understand that. You know, we're all real, we're all human, we're all trying our best. And sometimes it's going to be good enough, and sometimes it's just, you know, it's not. And you have to just accept that, you know, as long as you're trying hard, you're doing what you can even if you're not achieving these goals on a regular basis, learning to just accept that and move on from it, instead of guilting yourself or, you know, allowing that to just wear down on you for so long, um, that's I think what kind of pulls people into this vulnerable and depressed state. Yeah, bodies, to where you know? where
1: it it just locks them in like they're stuck. Yeah, and absolutely. then they and then they just don't do anything because they see what the hell's the point. Right. Yeah, I believe me, I I, I go through <laughs> that myself a, a lot of times. Lex, you go through that.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I love that you said acceptance, because I think just as important as it is for some people to create these rock hard abs or to create um, like the perfect plump booty that they want and that they see on Instagram and in the magazines and on TV and whatever. It is just as important to create like this radical acceptance of who you are and where you're at and that you've put everything into um, where you are at that moment. And so the, you described it beautifully. I also think that a negative body image is comparing yourself to those people. And that's when you really get in your head. And that's when you really start this cycle of like fucked up, fucked up perception of where you're not. And I love that you said that when some days I have good days and some days I have bad days, bad days. And I think everyone needs to listen and understand that when you have those beautiful days where you're just like, hell yeah, I love my body. I want to take a selfie and post it and I want to inspire people. Remember what? You did to get to that point, even that day. Remember what you did in the morning. Did you meditate? Did you um, write your pages in the morning? Did you have some coffee and a good conversation with a friend or whatever it is? Remember what you did to get to that feeling and then just fucking do it every day. You know?
1: It's a good point to be hyper aware of the situations or of the consequences that led you into your positive state. That's a that's a really good idea, and a negative state too. Because if you feel like shit, then you, if you think back in terms of what kind of triggered that,
0: right? There's usually some kind of a pattern. Always, of there's
1: there's what's always going on
0: that led you to Always
1: that. a pattern, yeah. yeah there's a, because everybody has their own little their their own little set of things in the ego that that triggers them on certain stuff, and it could be anything. It could be walking by a mirror, and that'll send you in a full on downward tailspin where you you just don't want to do anything you're like well what the why the fuck should i go to the gym i mean yeah you know, for I, sure. i've been going so for, the point? you know yeah. i go six days a week and this is what i get I don't know if I can. so that actually uh is a good transition into a couple studies that i want to bring up and these studies uh show where body image is right now and the first study is by refinery 29 and they recently asked millennial women to open up about how they felt about their bodies And while 54% said that they were mostly kind of happy with their bodies, only 7% of them admitted to being completely happy with their bodies, 7%. And in fact, 80% of the millennial women ever admitted to avoiding or even admitted to avoiding certain activities because they felt self-conscious about their bodies. Specifically, going to the beach was the number one activity that women avoided. Now, body insecurity has changed the lifestyles of these women. 62% of millennial women have tried some kind of diet. And this was a bit shocking for me. 70% of those women dieted before they were 13 years old.
2: That's crazy. That's
1: fucking. That's nuts. So that leads me into the Glamour study. Glamour magazine did, did a study. And they did a longitudinal study, which means they did one back in like the 90s. And then they did one in the early 2000s. And then they just did a recent one. And uh, they indicate that more women than ever are reporting negative body image issues. And one of the main culprits that they see is social media. And according to a new survey of 1,000 women, ages 18 to 40, carried out by the magazine and by Ohio State University uh, assistant professor there, it's a follow-up to their original survey from 1984. And the comparison, they said, is pretty depressing. Overall, 54% of women polled in the most recent study said they're unhappy with their body. And 80% said simply looking in the mirror makes them feel bad. 80%. Jeez. The first number is up from 41%. So it went from 41 to 54% in regards that they said they're unhappy. And according to the researcher, there's no question as to what's behind the increase. And they think the biggest thing that stands out is social media. Because in the 2014 study, a huge number of women, 64% reported that looking at pictures on sites and Facebook and Instagram makes them feel bad about their body. Now, this is the thing that stuck out for me about this whole thing. They say, ironically, whereas before, women might compare themselves to celebrities, always knowing at some level that they represented uh, unattainable perfection. Part of the problem with social media is that it allows women to compare themselves to more regular women, who still, however, present idealized images, just like you were talking about, Sierra, of themselves, Thanks to Instagram filters and all this other crap. Now, indeed, 60% of women surveyed by Glamour said that they use digital tools to crop, filter, and retouch their images. So my question to you guys is, do you believe the social media regular women thing that's going on, the comparison thing, has a more pronounced influence on body image issues?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that right now, um in the past couple of years, it's been so popular to post these um transformation Tuesday pictures and to post that you're at the gym in the morning and to post all these things and yes, they can be used for inspiration and that's what we are trying to preach and to um give our listeners that experience, the positive experience of social media, because there is a positive experience. Um, But I feel like the people, the, the same type of people that feel like they need to quote unquote, get in shape to join a gym, those are the people that are negatively drowning in social media and in the fitness world. So to progress in those issues you ha- if social media is fucking with your mind you have to be strong enough and you have to understand that if it's not working for you you have to unplug and if that is going to benefit your personal um activity gain then you have to unplug and
1: you think the whole regular women thing because now it's not just the the it's not just the actresses and stuff but it's like there are so many women out there that are that are what do they call them even the the Instagram the Instagram babes or whatever
0: the, the Fitspo girls yeah
1: yeah Fit yeah, yeah Fitspo I mean, girls yeah and so with all of those Sierra with all of those going on do do you think that makes it even worse for women who already have body image issues or or they're not there yet you know or they're working towards it
0: yeah I mean I think it's horrible for them it's you know it's such a twisted version of reality because they're throwing it up there, you know, pretending to be these natural, regular women, but there's nothing natural about them. Um, you know, and it's beyond just the filters and the retouching and that kind of stuff. Simply, you know, changing the way you're posing in a picture makes you look, you know, 10 pounds lighter. Um, and these women see these things, but they're marketing it to really vulnerable and sometimes really naive people, honestly. For Do fair. these,
1: cause I don't follow these Fitzboat chicks. So I try not to. in 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 that circumstance, have you, do you see them actually marketing in terms of of manipulative aspect, uh, or, or are they trying to be more motivational? Like, oh hey, no, this it's
0: is- definitely more market. It's more of a business for them. I mean, hmm. you know, they'll be contorted in these crazy ways to make their body look perfect at that angle, and then they're trying to sell you this fat burner or this oh, trainer or um, something. You know, that's just again just a false way to try to achieve these goals, but it's people aren't seeing the backside of it which is these women look this way because it's their job to, totally your job is to be a fitness model your job isn't to be a you know a regular person walking around and you don't have six hours every day to just hang out in the gym So, but,
1: but the problem is is that they throw themselves out as the regular as shit. the regular women yeah, yeah that yeah. are just
0: oh look at the you know the results I achieved just from doing this right
2: totally it looks so
0: easy so it just sets these these actual regular women up for just failure you know because it's impossible to achieve that
2: hmm yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and that leads me into a couple a couple articles and uh, and studies that I want to talk about that specifically have to do with fitspiration. Is and, and I didn't even know that was a word until I was looking up through that. But it was like it's like these fitspo checks basically. Yeah. There it was an article in Shape magazine. Uh, and it uh, and I actually have by the way I have all the links from all the stuff that we talk about the research and the articles. I will have all the links in the show notes so you can go in there and read it yourself. But the the article in Shape Magazine indicated that if you're truly dedicated or insecure, depending upon how you look at it, you can even download an app which helps you remove 5, 10, or 15 pounds from your appearance. I honestly
2: don't even want to give those apps like airtime or any promotion because it's taking away from emotional the emotional maturity that you need to have to be a successful human being in a society where we are getting thrown all of these negative uh, fake aspects of life that we should be living you know it's like it's
1: like we're going the wrong direction is totally. it not i mean it's just it, it, we have the ability to get out there and be the, the the entire reason for social media from a from a meta standpoint is to express your own individuality and your own authenticity now, you can only do that from another from a meta perspective is if you embrace it. And if you don't embrace it, then why the fuck are you on there in the first place?
2: I think and I'm you not have talking to about be, sharing
1: cat pictures and stuff. You know, what right.
2: I mean. Well, I think you have to be a certain emotional, intelligent person to see a beautiful fitness yeah, model right. yeah, and understand right. yeah, right. that this could be inspiration. Because I do know some people and that I follow some fitness models, but they're not They're not uh, there are certain ones like they're like athletes, you know, and I see these cross these like rad CrossFit athletes that I've been following for years. And I it's really cool because you see them live a natural life. You see that they have in and out burger once in a while. But then you also see their main priority is to be fit and healthy. But yes, because Sierra did say this is their business. So it is their business to be fit and healthy. But I think that it takes a real. Confident, emotional, intelligent person to be able to see these pictures and to use it as inspiration. Because you know what, on to play devil's advocate, we cannot we cannot say that these fitness models that are in hella great shape. And yeah, I get it; they're using a lot of supplements and they are spending their whole day in the gym. We can't blame them for our body image issues. We need to be emotional, strong enough to take control and like handle our business.
1: Do you think it's really a blaming thing? I mean, is it, is it kind of a blame shifting? It's not blaming,
2: but I think that if you're saying that you're, 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 you have this body, um image that's negative because of these beautiful fitness models on instagram that's a you-ish. you issue don't you can't shift your blame to someone else you need to get your ass in the gym every morning and make those slight little changes that are going to inspire you to to become who you should be not them
1: yeah I agree with that I mean I can see what you're talking about you can't blame somebody for being who they are I mean that's it right. but the funny thing is, is that you're setting yourself up for that anyway if you're if you're following these fitzbo chicks then it's your own problem for for identifying for the fact that you're not one of them. Yeah, it's not sense? a
2: problem though if you use it as inspiration. And if you, you use- if
1: you do, but then that's but, again, that's a you thing, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. I think it takes a certain, like you said, a certain kind of person to be able to look at a you know, one of those Instagram models and think, oh my gosh, she looks amazing. That makes me want to go and work harder. it right. takes a really strong individual and I think a lot of these people that are looking at the Fitzbows to begin with aren't those people that are in that okay. space to begin yeah. with you know yeah
1: but mm-hmm. i think that brings up a good point and the point is, is that you know it's it, we're not berating necessarily berating the Fitz boat chicks necessarily because they're doing what th- that's like their job or that's what they want to do i mean if they're rocking their body and they put all that time in it because we know it's a lot of fucking time that goes <laughs> into
0: that <laughs> and there's
1: a lot of work that goes into that and i and i respect that i respect that part and if they're so really, it does come down to a personal level of accountability in terms of how you want to process that. I told, I get that, but the thing is is that we're kind of looking at this today from more of a big picture situation and the in, and the overall general influence of them being out there and not being out there with the message of "You can do this too or with you minimal know.
0: or no effort right at all. exactly right. yeah which is what I feel like is the problem
1: okay that is that's the point. I think that's the point. The point is, is that they don't, they're not showing you, I always call it an iceberg because most of our, anything's like an iceberg, right? You know, 90% of it's underwater. You can't see it. That's all the work and the, and the blood and the sweat and the tears and the years of eating fucking flounder and, you know, and, and drinking, you know, lemon water and all that bullshit. But they don't throw that out there. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering why that's the case.
0: Because that's not the glamorous side of
1: it. Okay, well, there you go. Right. <laughs> there you go. So, so that rolls me into uh, a Time article, and I want to mention. Uh, and the Time article was titled, How Social Media is a Toxic Mirror. And they said, the, media, uh, the meteoric rise of wellness industry has launched an entire industry of fitness celebrities on social media. Millions of followers embrace their regimens for diet and exercise. But increasingly, the drive for wellness and clean eating has become stealthy cover for more diet and deprivation. Now, this year, an analysis of 50 so-called fitspiration websites revealed messaging that was indistinguishable at times from pro-anorexia or thinspiration websites. They were using the same language as as pro-anorexia or thinspiration websites. Both contained strong language inducing guilt about weight or the body and promoted dieting restraint and weight stigmatization. So so uh, Sierra, do you agree? Do you see this in your business?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've had a new client show up and tell me what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, um and then I sit down and I'm like, "All right, this is our plan, this is how we're going to get to where you want to where you want to be. And they're like, well, no, I, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Well, all right, that's not going to happen. And it's certainly not going to happen in a healthy way. Um, so I feel for like sure. for, for mm-hmm. me and my job, um, the hardest part is definitely taking these blurred lines of what's considered healthy and good for you um, and actually redefining them for people so that they have a clear concept of these are actually healthy behaviors to, you know, to be doing. And these are the things that are not healthy, but they're marketed to you as being healthy
1: how receptive are they to that
0: Uh, very few are receptive in the beginning yeah I I mean it's like pulling teeth to get them to understand that you know I'm not trying the things introducing food you know eating food eat more food you know that's like a terrifying concept for some people especially those trying to lose weight um, but not realizing that that's that's what being healthy is, right? It's not starving yourself. It's not
1: depriving. Mm. But yourself but according of to but according to these but things, the, to the, the narrative things seeing, right. The narrative is you know eat less and starve yourself, or take this one supplement, or take this you know
2: this yeah. particular pill, or whatever the case. Um, I think that that's awesome. And that's crazy, Sierra, that you have to sit down with these people. And not only you have to give them these gnarly, intense workouts to really get their blood flowing and to create the change, you have to create this mental change in them. And you have to define this mental perception of what is reality. Yeah, in the gym and and in like yoga studios, and I'm taking different bar certifications right now, you see um, all different types of people from all different walks of life. But it's crazy because, I mean, especially out here in San Diego, we have people from all over the world. And it's really fascinating to me that I can go to these gyms and we're all, there's lawyers to waitresses, to bartenders, to therapists, but it's like, we all have the same goal and it's a it's a about physical appearance, right? And that's fascinating to me because you can't look at someone and you can't look at their physical appearance. Appearance, and you can, yeah, sense a person that's fit that is mentally healthy. But are they, or are they reading these fucked up anorexic pro anorexic articles and like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta skip lunch and go to bar today on my lunch break, otherwise, you know, I'm not gonna fit into that dress. So I love that you're sitting down with your clients and you're really kind of preparing them um, to understand what their reality is and i also think that people need to understand that um we all have our own different genetic blueprint too and we're all made of so many different things you know and i mean when it comes to mental awareness we're all different we were all raised different we all have these um experiences that leave footprints in our minds that create actions when it comes to um other things. And it's the same way when it comes to fitness is we're all different. We're all had a different diet when we were younger. Maybe our mom breastfed us or didn't, you know, we are all made up of different molecules that are going to create a different reaction to different foods and to meat and to being a vegan or whatever it is. And I think understanding that and doing the research to become more knowledgeable about your body and how you should eat and how you should exercise is going to create better awareness and then more confidence in the end because you're not going to be comparing yourself to this vegan CrossFitter.
1: I think that's a good point because it's about it's about shifting your perspective to understanding the best you can be and in that context, and which means you have to have a, an overall general acceptance of who you are and how your body relates to particular exercises and how it relates to particular eating plans and whatnot. And I know after going through this for years and years and years, and having body dysmorphia, because, you know, if you're, if you're growing up a fat kid and you got some people that kind of bag on you a little bit, then it, that stays in your mind forever and you have to battle yeah, exactly. that all the time. So understanding that it took me a really long time. It took me a long time to accept the fact that I have a particular body type and I can do the best I can within the context of that body type in terms of eating the right way and working out. Uh, but I'll never be like another type, maybe. You know, right. so like with a like with a super thin waist and like with a with a waist to to you know shoulder <laughs> ratio of like what point two or something it's not going to happen. I think that's a really good point. And it's do you have do you do that with your clients in regards to saying let's just make you the best version of yourself? Is that something you have to sort of lay yeah. out for them?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, like I said in the very beginning, we have this tough conversation because I think it's trying to to shake. What is their version of reality, and get them in touch with what actual reality is. Um, you know, and they'll tell me these goals, some of which are totally unrealistic for their body types. And I'm, I try to tell them, you know, it's a big science experiment. Some stuff might work for you, some stuff might not. Mm-hmm. If it was easy, cookie cutter, same thing worked for everybody, that'd be awesome. But it unfortunately is not like that. Um, so just learning to understand what is your body type, what it, what are you capable of. Um, and it's not to say that you can't achieve extreme transformations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you're, you're limited with what your body is capable of doing and just understanding that that doesn't mean that you still can't be, you know, a great, fantastic version of that. You know, it's not, not to say that that body type is better than another body type. Um, it's just definitely different. And I think I love that you do CrossFit, um, Lex, because I think the other side of that coin besides the the you know weight loss and stuff like that is people are shamed for being too muscular if you're a for woman sure. mm-hmm. you know it's like you're you're dieting and you're exercising and you're doing all of this to get so healthy and fit but then you know to the other extreme you're punishing these or shaming and guilting these women who are working hard and do you doing find everything. that a lot i i hear oh, it yeah. a lot no when, sure, really. when i start working out a lot and i start to really kind of To my muscles kind of start to pop out a little bit more than usual, or what people are, you know, used to seeing, they'll be like, "Hey, you're looking great, but just be careful. Like, you don't want to get too Uh, too muscular or too manly,
2: really. Oh, yeah,
0: you know, that kind of stuff used to really bother me, and it's gotten to the point where I I take it as a grain of salt. I brush it off because I'm not trying to make my body look like anything for anybody else other than myself. And the stronger I feel, the more muscle I have, you know, the better I feel about myself. So I just kind of brush that stuff off but you know it's a it's a real thing out there where you're shamed for being
2: too fat you're
0: shamed for being too thin you're shamed for being too muscular Uh, that's a perfect
2: example of how clouded people's perceptions are on being fit and healthy it's like if someone could actually think that it's okay to tell a chick that be careful you're going to get too muscular that's that shows how clouded society is when it comes to being healthy
1: is it set up as a no win situation, number one? And number two, who's who's setting this up? Is it is it other women or is it men?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. Oh, honestly. for sure. I mean I think men Maybe when it comes to the the don't get too muscular kind of thing, because then I think it challenges their masculinity. It's
1: emasculating. Yeah, Yeah. I can see um, that. But
0: then with women, at the same time, you know, they have such a hard time accepting themselves that they can't accept anybody else around them either. So I can't accept you for being in great shape and you know having all this muscle because I'm not happy with who I am. So therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know turn around and judge you for being in shape.
1: So do you get more more comments about? the over muscular thing from women or from guys?
0: Um, probably from guys hmm. mostly. Yeah. And again, I just, <laughs> I ignore that cause I don't really
1: care. I'm, I'm, I've, I've never uh, thought about saying that to somebody in my
2: life. But I, mean, I, you know, I think but,
0: from my clients, I get, you know, all the women say that to me when they'll come to me and they're saying, I just want to get toned, You know, they probably I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to put too much muscle. And I've
2: heard that a million times where girls are apprehensive about doing CrossFit or lifting too heavy because they're like, well, I don't want to look manly. And it's like you sound fucking stupid as shit because you're you're not going to look manly by lifting heavy if you're doing all the right things mentally and physically when it comes to being healthy, when it comes to the food, when it comes to the cardio, when it comes to, you know, stretching. Everything has an aspect of how you're going to look, and you're. It just that's just ridiculous. It's
1: super ignorant. So, Lex, yeah. how uh, how are you with uh, with the image, uh, body image, and stuff, and all that stuff? I mean, you you're you're, you're in great shape. I mean, ever since I've, I've known you, you've been in great shape. Been an
2: athlete my whole entire life. So it, it kind of um, it kind of surprised me when you said that. Statistically, there was what what was it? Sixty percent of girls under the age of thirteen that have already been on, a diet, on yeah. a diet and I've gone through all aspects of it. And I was thinking about it the other day because I was, when I was growing up, I was very skinny and I was just smaller, but it's because my metabolism was really fast. I could literally eat McDonald's every day and I was fine. But then I had a, I had a body image issue about being too skinny and I was just like, what the hell mom and dad? Like I need to gain weight. And this was in high school and I, I hated when people would ask me, like, do you eat my family? Uh, I have a very strong uh, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Spanish family. So we ate a lot, but my grandma was always like, you're so skinny, like they'd call me Flaca, you know what I mean? And I'm like, God, this sucks. But then, it, and this is all just like a walk through the life of someone's body image issues, where I go to, I go to college and I play college softball. And yeah, I'm one of the smaller girls on the team, I start drinking more beer. My metabolism starts to slow down, and what then I become a stereotypical thicker softball player with big hips made for power. And when it, but when it came to social life, I was a bigger girl. And after college, I feel like I found what worked for me, and that's what people need to find is they need to find what um, what nutrition regimen works for you? What activity works for you? Because I've tried it all. I mean, I like CrossFit because it's intense and because I can mentally lose myself in the activity. But it's hard as fuck. And CrossFit isn't something you can do five days a week, but I like to exercise five days a week. So I had to throw in bar. I had to throw in yoga for the mental awareness that it created and the meditation aspect of it. And you know what? Now I'm proud and i'm impressed with myself that i've got to a place where i am happy with the way i look and yes i have those days where i'll be in a bar class next to these beautiful skinny like ballerinas and i'm like fuck what am i even doing here you know (laughs) but then i walk past a mirror and like check out my ass and i'm like that's what i'm doing there you know so we have to create these um these plans and regimens that are really going to fit ourselves Individually, and I know I'm beating that concept like a dead horse, but that's what it's about. That's really what it's it's about.
1: Yeah, it's important. I think you brought up a great point in regards to knowing that things things are going to change, and when you're uh, 18 or 28 or 38 or 48 or 51, that you have to understand your body's going to change, and it's a matter of under understanding and accepting the fact that you can do a lot. I mean, I'm I'm 51 now. So in, in being that I can go to the gym six days a week, but I know that if I was doing the same workout when I was 28, I'd be way more yoked than I am way more. And I, and my recovery would be way quicker. I mean, I get hammered now. I mean, it's just, my recovery time is doubled. And so, and, and it's a matter of understanding that as you go through the years that your body essentially will change and it's going to respond differently as well. And, And it, it's a matter of accepting that. And not thinking that you just, you, you know, you, you have to get that body back like you were 17 or something.
2: Yeah. And being a body compassionate person to yourself is going to get you places you never thought you would be. Let yourself, you know, have a cheeseburger once in a while because you're going to need that. You know, you cannot be too strict and then also allow yourself to feel emotional one day about your body because statistically you're not going to feel perfect every day
1: what do you think about cheat days here what do you tell your clients
0: i think they're great i say all the time that you know it's more for your mental health than anything. For sure. Allow yourself that freedom you know, to indulge because then you're not going to have a landslide where you just totally binge because you've been de- depriving yourself for so long. Um, but instead, give yourself that break to just calm down, take a step back, kind of reevaluate and say, all right, it's okay for me to just enjoy this. And then I can still go and work out tomorrow and I'm fine. And I didn't just gain back, you know, all that weight that I worked so hard to, to lose or whatever. Right. Because it's,
1: it's not about, it's not about joining a program for three months and it's not about changing an eating plan for three months. And it's not about uh, going on a particular diet or buying a book and going on you know, or doing something in particular. This is a lifestyle choice that has to happen. And it's a slow slow process overall to integrate all of these things into your life. You cannot expect anything to happen in regards to setting things in stone and creating a brand new lifestyle where your eating plan is different and you're cool and you're cool with not eating bread, right? You, you totally, that's not going to happen until you get into this, uh, this long-term cycle of like a year or two or three years for sure. where, where you slowly get into that as a brand new type of lifestyle. That's what's, that's what works for me and that's what I've had to do.
2: And when you look at it at like a project, you look at it like maybe every other month you start this new project and it's a self project and it's going to create determination. I remember when I met Sierra, we opened up this restaurant and like, as a lot of people know, the restaurant slash bar industry isn't the healthiest, but she was doing, um, your fig, you were doing your figure stuff and you were so, disciplined and she just she she wouldn't even budge like obviously we'd all kick it and have drinks after work but she wouldn't even budge she'd just like nope she'd bring her food she'd and that's a sense of determination that people understand that they have the control to uh, They have the control to be in that situation, just as she had the control to either eat her five meals a day, which kept her on track or have a couple my Mai Tais with us, you know, and that created determination in her and that created the sense of body awareness in herself, which I, I mean, think gotta, was so right. beautiful.
1: You got to have that, right? I mean, yeah. you have to commit, right?
2: Yeah, I mean
0: if, when you're doing a fitness competition or something like that, it is so extreme. Um, you know, that becomes your life and it has to be because if you're doing it, you're doing it because you want to win um and you want to you want to be able to stand up there next to those people and know that you you did the best that you could. So yeah, you you make it your life, you discipline yourself and you make sacrifices and that's okay because I understood at that time that that's what my goals were. Right. Um but I also understood the flip side of that coin, which is that I'm not going to have a six pack year round. I'm not going to be a hundred, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet as tall as I am year round. That's not healthy. That's not normal. Um, but that's a competition. And that was for that specific situation and that time of my life. That's what my goals were. Um, you know, for everyone else, it's like, Hey, if your goals are just you want to look good in that two piece for your spring break, that's coming up. Cool. Make that be your goal and, you know, set up your goals and, and the things that you're doing based on that. Um, don't think that because somebody else has a certain goal or they're on a certain journey that you have to compare your life to that journey. You know? Right.
2: No goal is better. It's all a same sense of achievement when you get there, whether it right. is competing in a fitness competition or going to Cali on spring break and feeling comfortable.
1: Exactly, it's whatever goal that you that you want to set for yourself. Now, I want to throw it to you, to to both of you guys, to wrap the show up uh, in regards to if you have uh, a couple tips in regards to creating more positive body image. If you were to talk to somebody,
2: I think that huge a huge one is use exercise for other benefits, and we all know that exercise and activity creates more cognitive function, and it just creates more mental awareness. Um, flow and flexibility is, is awesome. And that's just, that's not even when I'm, I don't want to even speak about physical. I'm talking about mental flow and flexibility, being aware that you're living your day um, with a purpose, I think is huge. And I think that if we understand that exercising every morning or exercising every every night, whenever we feel comfortable is going to create like that sense of confidence and that sense of control inside of your own brain, You're going to be fine. Also, eat for your blood type. Find what works for you and then um, research just the most on that. You know what I mean? And just do what you can to be more intuitive when it comes to yourself and your own physical goals.
1: Well, What do you think, Sarah?
0: Um, I would say there are a couple of things. Uh, Celebrate the small victories that you have. Um, Neurologically, your brain just wants to win. Right. It wants to survive. It wants to win on every capacity. So um, instead of pointing out and bringing to your attention all the things you dislike or the things that you did incorrectly, um, instead celebrate all the times that your body did something awesome, you know, a For physical sure. thing or or whatever. Um, but sometimes that you pushed yourself harder, um, create those wins and, and it'll help shift you into a more positive headspace. Um, and I think, you know, touching back on that, don't compare yourself to other people, the fits bows, um, the other person on the treadmill next to you at the gym, you have no idea if they've been there for 10 days or 10 years, you have no idea how hard they've worked, um, or if they're just getting started. So comparing yourself to them again, is just setting yourself up for disappointment. Um, compare yourself to yourself, um, make yourself your own inspiration and, you know, use social media for good like that. Um, post about yourself, compare yourself now to where you were you know, a year ago or three years ago, I mean, the, (laughs) there's an app I have on my phone that pops up, you know, a couple of, you know, little reminders or pictures and things from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny to look back and see those things. Um, and you know, I'd be like, wow, you know, six years ago, look how unhealthy I was, not just like physically, you know, not in good shape, but just lifestyle, right. Right. Like completely unhealthy Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Um, you know, and how far I've come now I can sit here and I can pick apart my body you know, a hundred times over for the little things, but, or I can look at the big picture and see how far I'm actually coming, you know, as the years go by and the months go by and things like that. So again, just kind of going back, celebrate those victories that you have and don't and stress too long about the, the small. Looking
1: setbacks. at the big picture is huge too. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Uh, my tips are, uh, you got to get real with yourself. You have to ask yourself what specifically you're unhappy with if you're looking at yourself and you have a negative image. What are the main parts that are creating the negative image in your mind. I mean, if you really sit down and ask yourself, what is it that I'm not okay with? And then you have to ask yourself why you have that negative thought about those parts of your body. Now, now, this is about seeing where that thought came from. Where What are the origins of that thought? Was it from something your parents said or something some kid told you in kindergarten or from some douchey boyfriend? I got to tell you, I, I, I have a friend of mine, and she said, uh, and we we're talking back and forth because I see her at the gym a lot, and she says, um, yeah, well, I've, I've lost, you know, like 60 pounds or something. I go, that's amazing. She goes, yeah, but my ex-boyfriend still tells me I'm fat. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking to that guy for? Right. Seriously, he's still, okay, I, I just had to throw that in there. So then you realize uh, that you're holding an opinion from one person that probably wasn't the most supportive person in the first place. Uh, So then you have to tell yourself, no other person gets to control how I think and feel about myself. Because a lot of times that's the origin of where those comments came from. They don't originate within yourself in regards to you not being okay with your own body because any comparison that you make is based upon some exterior influence. It's not based upon you inside or it's based upon something, somebody important to you and what they said. And you took that to heart as a reality, as a truth where it actually probably wasn't the truth. So yeah. after that, you need to widen your perspective. So after you do that, you have to get real with yourself and ask where those thoughts come from. Widen your perspective. Take a look, there's a BuzzFeed video out there about desired body types throughout history. And I put the link in the, yeah, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Realize that the perfect body has changed many times since the beginning of time. Many times. I mean, in Greek times, it was different. In Egyptian times, it was different. And it was in never
2: the, the perfect body. <laughs> well, that's
1: what, but, but it's, but it, the whole point is this is the body that, that was put up on the pe- pedestal For as sure. an idealized body. Now, back in the Renaissance time, it was Rubenesque. I mean, these girls were round. Right. I mean, not, not just yeah. curvy, they were round. And this was like the perfect body type. So basically, what it is is anybody, they're going to do that throughout time. None of that shit should matter to you at all. Whatsoever, And that, and that's really the point of what and I'm saying.
2: And understand there are shallow millennials, just as there were shallow cavemen and shallow renaissance man that yeah, thought yeah, there yeah. was a perfect body.
1: Right. It, it, that's exactly right. And then lastly, I just want to stress, and you guys did a really good job at stating this, but I want to stress, true beauty comes from within. For sure. It's the, it's the energy that radiates from within, which people around you will immediately be able to pick up, whether they realize it or not. There's no way to ever not be judged by other people. Everybody judges people all the time because it's our natural instinct to do so, and you're not ever going to get in a position where somebody's not going to judge you. So why not fully accept yourself for the dumpster fire that you are, cuz aren't we all? And be the best version of yourself. And then if there's anything you can change about you how you feel about yourself to stay in integrity, if you if you know that you haven't worked out and you know that you should work out, then do something about it and call Sierra and book a, an appointment yeah, to work, work out. out. That, but that's I'm the whole point. Then take action and take a small, like like you say, but you got to take those small steps. It's the small victories. Start with those. Don't look at the at the huge picture about you looking at these Fitbo chick and thinking, you know, I should be this person or look like this. It's a matter of your own context of where you're at, and start taking a small step towards doing something that's going to get you in a better mind space.
2: Yeah. And I feel like honestly, the right people are going to love you the way you are. And if you do need to um, focus a little bit more on your health, they're going to tell you and they're going to tell you in the right way and they're going to help you. So don't surround yourself by negative motherfuckers because they suck.
1: Negative motherfuckers suck. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I'll use that as the tagline for the show. (laughs) So that's going to wrap the show up unless you guys have anything else to say.
2: No, tell them where they can find you, Sierra.
1: Yes. Where can they find you,
2: Sarah?
0: Uh, so I train out of a gym down in Tempe. Um, it's called Journey Training. My company itself is called The Body Movement. Um, I do group training and one-on-one stuff. So come check it out. You're always welcome to hop in on a workout.
1: Do you do online consultations or anything I do, like that? Yeah,
0: I do online stuff too. I do online training programs, online Skype, FaceTime sessions. And where
1: can they find your information?
0: Um, my website is thebodymovement.com. Um
1: that's pretty cool. you got that website. Yeah. yeah that, wow. That's cool. It's sort of amazing. Like wow. That. Dot com, too.
0: <sighs> Dot com. Got it. That's awesome. Going big time. All, right, so- <laughs> um, yeah, all the contact info is on there, though, if you're curious.
1: All right, Lex, what about you?
2: Um, hit me up at Lexi at crucialawareness.com if you want a free um, consultation as well. I will not make you do push-ups, but I will make you do mental push-ups. <laughs> and that is just as rewarding. Um, yeah, and then listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. We'll be back next week. And go to thejavabud.com to see Tony's beautiful face and videos.
1: Yes, and I'll have, like I said, I'll have all the show notes with all the links to all the articles and to Sierra's things. So if you need any information, go there. Also, make sure you post a comment if you have any questions or concerns or if you have any particular show ideas uh, or if you want to expand on this conversation that we had today. Thank you, Sierra. Really appreciate you coming in. Again, thanks for the post. Yeah,
2: thank you guys for
1: having me. Thanks, Lex. Appreciate it.
2: Of course, it was so nice talking to you, Sierra. Yeah, you too, Lex. Take us out, Lex. Peace out.